Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والفجر وليال عشر والشفع والوتر والليل إذا يس هل في ذلك قسم لذي حجر ألم تر كيف فعل ربك بعاد إرم ذات العماد التي لم يخلق مثلها في البلاد وثمود الذين جابوا الصخر بالواد وفرعون ذي الأوتاد الذين طغوا في البلاد فأكثروا فيها الفساد فأكثروا فيها الفساد فصب عليهم ربك سوط عذاب إنهم كنب المرصاد فأما الإنسان إذا مبتناه ربه فأكرمه ونعمه فيقول ربي أكرما وأما إذا مبتناه فقدر عليه رزقه فيقول ربي أهانا كلا بل لا تكرمون اليتيم ولا تحضون على طعام المسكين وتأكلون التراث أكلا لما وتحبون المال حبا جما كلا إذا دكت الأرض دكا دكا وجاء ربك والملك صفا صفا وجيء يومئذ جهنم يومئذ يتذكر الإنسان وأنا له الذكرى يقول يا ليتني قدمت لحياتي فيومئذ لا يعذب عذابه أحد ولا يوثق وثاقه أحد يا أيتها النفس المطمئنة ارجعي فادخلي في عبادي وادخلي جنتي بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم والحمد لله رب العالمين حمد الشاكرين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته dear brothers and sisters We'll continue, inshallah, today the tafsir of Surah Al-Fajr. We have done the surah until ayah number 20. Let me just give a brief uh, wrap-up and summary of what we have said so far, so we can continue, uh, inshallah. We mentioned that Surah Al-Fajr was surah number 10, revealed in the order of revelation. And we also mentioned that the surah, after the surah, there was Surah Al-Duha, and between Surah Al-Duha and Al-Fajr, there was a gap. 
and this gap during this time no wahi was revealed Quran stopped completely and during this time the Prophet وسلم, himself was concerned uh, many people in the in Mecca the uh, especially the kuffar of Mecca they started accusing the Prophet وسلم, attacking him uh, telling him that now looks like you were lying to us uh, right from the very beginning you made up some few ayat some few surahs you said it's Quran and, and it's over if it's indeed from God from your Rabb where is it and then we'll talk about that later but uh, also the conditions or the environment in which the surah was revealed it's an environment where the Sahaba of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam were in desperate situation they were facing all types of hardships and difficulties they were under severe pressure from the kuffar of Mecca, from Quraysh, from Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira, from Abu Jahl, from Abu Sufyan, from Umayyah bin Khalaf. Uh, and we know the story of Bilal radiallahu anhu. It was, uh, we talked about that in Surah Al-Layl, when uh, there is the last ayah of Surah Al-Layl, talks about Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, giving or taking, buying or purchasing the freedom of Bilal from Umayyah bin Khalaf. And also we know about the Yasser and Sumayya and Ammar and all of these stories uh, during this time. So Allah Azza wa Jal revealed this surah and in the beginning he talked about how Allah Azza wa Jal uh, took care of the tyrants, of the oppressives. He did not allow oppression to prevail. He uh, dealt with the people of Ad who were very powerful and oppressive at the same time. He dealt with the people of Thamud who were powerful and oppressive. He dealt with Pharaoh who was the most tyrant ever and he dealt with him and he took uh, took him out of the land and within that context Allah Azza wa told the people that all of this oppression and the long days of difficulties are nothing but a night that will go away and the arrival of the victory of Allah Azza wa is like the Fajr when the Fajr or the dawn comes out so be patient, be uh, endurant uh, stick to whatever you are doing until the victory of Allah Azza wa Jal comes as we saw the ayah in Surah Al-Qalam where it says وَاصْبِرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكِ اصبر means stay on the path stay doing what you, you are, whatever you are doing until the hukum of Allah Azza wa Jal comes until the victory from Allah Azza wa Jal comes so all of these surahs at the beginning they talk about the how Allah Azza wa Jal takes care of the conditions uh, he helps and supports the believers. Uh, let me deal with those who deny this Islam. Let me deal with whoever uh, denies this hadith or this Quran of Allah. All of these were in the earlier surahs. Allah is stepping with full pledge, full force, full support for the believers. And this surah comes along the same sequence. So Allah talked at the beginning in the first few, the first uh, uh, 14 surahs, about 14 ayat about how he took care of all of these nations. And then the last time we talk about, talked about the other part of the surah where it says people, the way the people look at power and weakness, about richness and uh, being poor, being able or disabled. And the people, the way they look at, the, at, the, at these conditions, they think that, oh, if I am powerful or I am rich, I am good. God is doing something good for me. If I am poor 
or uh, uh, powerless, or then God is humiliating me, is not giving, is not doing me a favor. And Allah taught us a lesson and taught the Sahaba then a lesson, told them this is not how you should look at it. You should look at it that each and every act, each and every status that you are in is a matter of test. It's ibtila. فَأَمَّا الْإِنسَانُ إِذَا مَبْتَلَاهُ رَبُّهُ It's the Rabb, your Rabb is putting you, giving you a process and see how you are going to react. How do you react to the state of being poor or being rich? or being powerful, or being weak. If you are too weak or too oppressed, are you going to give in to the tyrant so that because, oh, I am powerless, so let the tyrant now take over? Or are you continue to work hard in order to change that situation until Allah provides you with victory? If you are too poor, are you going to, uh, to say, oh, I am poor and therefore uh, I'm not going to help anyone, I will not support the orphans, I will not uh, encourage feeding the, the poor. And remember, the ayah that we talked about, it says, وَلَا تَحَضُّونَ عَلَىٰ طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ You do not have ideas or values that support feeding the poor. It's not that you are not feeding, because if I am poor, I cannot give. I am poor, I need money. But even if I am poor, I still, I still can inject values in the society. Tahadun, tahadun means you encourage, you promote, you support, you push for it. You will come out and say there are so many poor in the world. I am one of them, but it's not only because of me, but poverty should not prevail. Poverty should not be there. The miskin should be taken care of. Like in this society here, sometimes there are more than 25 million people who are below the poverty line. Uh, I could be one of them, I could be not. But at the end of the day, what is important, what's required is that Allah Azza wa Jal wants this value to prevail in the society that this value of pushing for feeding the poor has to be there. That's why he says, وَلَا تَحَضُّونَ عَلَىٰ طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ You are not putting the environment in which the miskin is being honored or the miskin, the poor is being fed or the poverty is being removed. He's not saying you have to pay because you might be poor. After all, Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, Because the people, Allah Azza wa Jal has two categories of people. He gives you more wealth, he gives you less wealth. This is natural. This is how Allah Azza wa Jal distributes the risk and sometimes he replaces the situation. He will have less, you will have more. But while this is happening, while the case is there is a poor and there is a rich, there has to be a value in the society and this value should be highly, highly regarded that the miskin should be taken care of. The yatim, the orphan, should be taken care of. The money, the wealth should not be accumulated for the sake of accumulation wealth. The money, the love, the lust should not go to the wealth. The love should go to the one who provides it, to Allah Azza wa Jal, not to the, to the wealth itself. So those are values. Now, those values prevailed, or the values, the anti-values, the, the, the opposite values, they prevailed in Mecca. They always prevail in societies that do not recognize the, 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 the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal is the Rabb. Mecca is a society where materialism within the context of that society of jahiliyyah, of ignorance, that materialism prevailed. That's why 
in the society of Mecca and Quraysh at the time when Islam was being revealed, Allah Azza wa Jal picks up on this issue, on the issue that, oh, the yatim goes and, and, uh, 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 and attended for. Yatim means the orphan. The miskin goes unfed and people ignore him. Whether there is, oh, there is a poor, okay, let it be a poor. He's a poor. What can I do? If somebody feeds him, fine. Nobody feeds him, he goes to the streets. And the people accumulate the wealth and the money becomes an objective in itself. Collecting money becomes an objective. And while it is being objective, the people develop this type of attachment, this emotional attachment to money. Because when he says, وَتُحِبُّونَ الْمَالَ حُبًّا جَمَّا تُحِبْ means you love. حُبًّا جَمَّا you have a great love to money. There is a great emotional attachment to wealth. You know, sometimes some people when they have, oh yes, couple of million dollars in, the, in, in his account. He brags about it. He loves that. He likes it. He's attached to it. That, those values Allah Azza wa Jal does not want. In the societies that we live in today, under capitalism, those are the main societies that prevail. And as I mentioned, those are the values of materialism. Those are the values of individualism. Those are the values when the human as individual, he centers the world around himself. You become the center of the world. Instead of saying that Allah Azza wa Jal, the creator of the world, he has to be the center of my attention. The center of your attention is me, myself, my money, my wealth, my power. Allah Azza wa Jal doesn't want that. Under capitalism, the world we live in today, which is the current uh, view of materialism, that's what prevails. That's why you have poverty and goes unresolved. And I mentioned last time, when you look at the, at the way the people are approaching poverty, like the, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, the United Nations, all of these organizations, they keep saying that poverty is a fact of life. We cannot resolve it. It is a problem that will be with us. All we can do, we can reduce its scale. We can reduce it. We, within the next 50 years, and this was one of the latest reports of the World Bank, within the next 50 years, we can reduce the percentage of poor people by 50%. Well, if you come to think about it, they say, oh, to, today there is about 1.2 billion people who are poor. We are going to raise money, enough wealth, so that 500 million people will go above poverty line. But in the meantime, how many more will jump in? Statistics show that over the last 50 years, since the IMF and the World Bank and the international, all of these organizations started talking about the globalization and capitalist way of resolving the issues, the number of poor people have been, has been rising day after day, year after year. It has never, in the curve, if you look at the curve, and I have it in my book, Fall of Capitalism and Rise of Islam, if you look at the curve of the number of poor people for the last 50 years has been growing all the time. Why? Because it's the values. At the end of the day, people are driven by or controlled by the values they believe in. If the value I have in my mind is I am I worth what I own or as much as I have, that's how much I worth. If that's my value, if the value is I have respect in the society measured by how much money I have, then of course I will develop an attachment to my wealth. And I will be seeking the growth of my wealth at any cost. And every time one penny goes out of my account, I will be absolutely 
uh, irritated. I would not like that. So the value, the value of giving, the, unless, of course, now here, uh, let's, let's be careful. When they wanted to encourage the people to give, they say, okay, this is tax deductible. So you have something in return. If you don't have anything in return, you are not going to give. And that thing which is in return, if it's not equal or more than what you are giving, you are not going to give. You have to make sure that what you are giving is more. Now that's why Allah Azza wa in the Quran, He knows this mentality. He knows the psychology of the human. After all, He created it. He created our psychology. So Allah Azza wa when He asks you to give, He says, I will give you more. I will give you more. Who is willing to provide to give a loan for the sake of Allah and Allah will double it, will multiply it for him. So Allah will double that. He knows that what you want. He knows that if I give out, let's say $1,000 of my account, I would like to get that back. Allah says, I will make sure, I will guarantee that you will get it. If not in this life, I will get it in multiple, multiple, multiple forms in the day of judgment, which is coming. So this value, when you inject a value in the society that I am worth what as much as I have, therefore you will not give. It is my money, إِنَّمَا أُوْتِيْتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ مِنِّي as, as uh, the Qaroon uh, was saying when they asked him, why don't you pay for the cause of Allah Azza wa Jal? Why don't you feed the poor? Why don't you do that? He said, oh, why should I do that? If Allah was going to feed them, أَنُطْعِمُ Well, the kuffar of Mecca, they said something more serious. But Qarun, he said, I had made it with my own knowledge, my own skills. So why should I give it away? إِنَّمَا أُوْتِيْتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ مِنِّي It's my own knowledge, my own skills, my own power. I collected this money. I'm not giving anyone else. Now, when the kuffar of Mecca, they were told, this ayat, why don't you give? Why don't you pay? Why don't you uh, uh, feed the poor? Why don't you encourage feeding the poor? They said, أَنُطْعِمُ قَالُوا أَنُطْعِمُ مَنْ لَوْ يَشَاءُ اللَّهُ أَطْعَمَهُ Shall we feed someone that, oh, Allah could have fed, it, fed him himself? Allah could have fed that person himself. Why do you, are you asking me? But Allah Azza wa Jal, He gave you the food, He gave you the resources, He gave you the money, He made you entrusted with that wealth so that you pay. So those are the values, those are rotten values. If the rotten values prevail, then you will have all of these illnesses. And that's what exactly we have today in our society, the society of capitalism and the global capitalism, not only American capitalism, but global capitalism suffers from these very negative rotten values as well. So these ayat, although take, talking to the people, to the Muslims at the time of Mecca, to say that you have to pinpoint the finger to those ill values, to those values that create the illnesses of the social life and the economic life. Today, by the same token, we are asked, we are encouraged, we are pushed by Islam, by the very same ayat, to point a finger to the values that cause poverty to prevail, that cause the number of, peop of poor people to continue to grow. And those values are nothing but this. You do not orphan the poor. You don't have a system that somehow encourages the feeding of the poor. You swallow, you accumulate the wealth in, in a very uh, uh, irresponsible manner. You develop this emotional attachment of love to your wealth. Then, 
After that, what happens? Kalla. Allah Azza wa Jal uses the same word again as he used it in previously. Kalla. When this is not how it should be. Here again he says kalla. That is wrong. Kalla means no. Those values, the rotten values, the, the irresponsible values, when you are not feeding the poor, when you are not encouraging to honor the orphan and take care of him, when you love the wealth beyond any limit, when you accumulate the wealth for the sake of accumulating it, and it becomes your objective, kalla, that is wrong. That shouldn't be the case. You should not do that. That is not acceptable. That is something that has to be changed. That is something key to change. It is instrumental to change. You cannot resolve the illnesses of the society as long as these values prevail and continue. Kalla, no. Then continues. And here comes the issue of how Allah Azza wa Jal deals with issues. How Allah Azza wa Jal wants us to understand the seriousness of the issue. Because sometimes you say, okay, you are telling me, oh, the poor are poor. Okay, what do you want me to do? How serious is it? How serious are you in pushing me to adopt new values? How important it is for me to change those values and replace them with something more decent? Ah, ah here comes the seriousness. Remember that Allah Azza wa Jal is capable, is capable of destroying this entire earth that you live in and that you promote those rotten values in. Dukkat al-ardu, Dukkat means it, it is leveled to the ground. The whole earth is being leveled. You have no mountains, you have no valleys, you have nothing, everything is destroyed. Just like the other day when we looked at the tornadoes in Oklahoma, it's leveled. There is a place, a school, it's leveled to the ground. That's Dekka. That's a deck. A deck is when you bring something that is standing up and you level it so that you don't see any of its ruins. So Allah Azza wa Jal says, just imagine all of these values that you live in and that you are installing in this earth, in this world that you live in, this very world of you, the one that you are building in this rotten and bad and, and stupid manner, Allah Azza wa Jal can level it and take it away, all of it. Not only your wealth, but everything that you have to enjoy your wealth with. You want to enjoy your wealth with the foods, with the vegetables, with the fruits, with the women, with the, with the beautiful, beautiful scenes of the world. All of this will be gone. Remember that Allah Azza wa Jal, and Allah puts it this way as in the Surah Al-Takweer, إِذَا الشَّمْسُ كُوِّرَتْ وَإِذَا النُّجُومُ كَدَرَتْ وَإِذَا الْجِبَالُ سُيِّرَتْ إِذَا إِذَا means when, when, when. When Allah Azza wa Jal blows up the entire sun, when he makes the stars collapse, when the mountains move out, when the seas are exploded. We talked about that in Surah Al-Takweer. And here he says, إِذَا دُكَّتِ الْأَرْضُ دَكَّنْ دَكَّ Focusing on this earth, on this world that you live in. That is going to, to be absolutely eliminated. Think of that way then. What are you going to do? وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ And then your Rabb, and here is the very beautiful notion to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and to the Muslim. He says, your Rabb, the, the Rabb of the Muslims, now the Rabb is Rabbul Alameen. Allah in Surah Al-Fatiha, he says Rabbul Alameen, right? 
يا رب of all the worlds but here he says ربك your own رب because رب العالمين is my رب now when Allah is saying putting this way ربك يا محمد your very Lord يا محمد your very رب your إله your God the one that you are introducing to this to the people he is the one who will take care of all of these problems not their رب because they believe in a different رب they believe in هبل they believe in اللات they believe in العزة they believe in منات الثالثة الأخرى. They believe in the power, power, powerness of Abu Jahl, in the in the dignity of the tribe, in those mushrikeen, on the big elites. They believe in like today. They believe in the Security Council, in the big governments, in the nuclear powers. Those are their rub. But Allah Azza wa Jalla says, "Aha, when it comes to taking care of all of this world affairs, your rub, ya Muhammad, will prevail." Which is a very beautiful notion. Of whose side is winning? كلا إذا دكت الأرض دكا دكا and دكا دكا means time and time again. دكا after دكا. That's when you hear the word twice. دكا دكا means he's eliminating it and eliminating it. Destroy destruction after destruction, removal after removal. That's what دكا دكا means. كلا إذا دكت الأرض دكا دكا وجاء ربك and your رب comes. In place, he steps in. That means Allah Azza wa Jal. He steps in with his orders. Does not step in as motion. Allah Azza wa Jal doesn't have a motion because anyone who has a motion, if if you are limited in space, if your space is limited, I mean you are not filling the. If you have, if you have any limitation, then you can move in whatever you are not limited to, or you are limited to. But if you are absolutely unlimited, where are you going to move? You are everywhere. You are absolutely without space. So when Allah Azza wa Jal says, Ja'a Rabbuk, this Ja'a, he comes, does not mean he was somewhere and then he comes in. He was outside, out of this world, and then he came into this world. No. Ja'a Rabbuk, as we say, he steps in with his orders. Steps in with his order. And uh, uh, with his... Uh, uh, with his victory, with his support, with his uh, decree, what is it that he wants? So there is, there comes a time when Allah Azza wa Jal makes the decision. He makes the decision to say everything should go, all this world should go, or, or not necessarily all this world, because he talked in the previous surahs about the world dominated by the tyrant. When he talked about Ad, Alam tara kaifa faala Rabbuka bi Ad. Remember that's the beginning of the surah. This is what he has done with Ad. The people of Ad themselves were gone. Their power was gone. Their power was eliminated. So when Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ When Allah Azza wa Jal comes with his decision, with his, with his uh, decisive will in order to change the status, does not necessarily mean the entire globe. When he says, وَدُكَّةَ الْأَرْضُ دَكَّا دَكَّا Not necessarily the entire earth. But... It applies to that society where corruption and tyranny prevails. Just like it happened for Pharaoh. Because he talked already about examples. This is not, when he talks about this, this is not new. We already talked. What did he do to people of Ad? Or people of Ad? Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَأَمَّا عَادٌ فَأُهْلِكُوا بِرِيحٍ صَرْصَرٍ عَاتِيَةٍ Ad, the people of Ad, Allah Azza wa Jal, he... Uh, he took them out with wind, with very high speed gusting wind. Rihin sarsarin atiya. 
ريح صرصر صرصر it has noise it has voice you know the when the wind starts you all hear the wind at night when the wind is goes beyond 50 miles an hour you see how it's uh, yelling and and shouting it's, it's noisy it has صرصر عاتيه absolutely powerful سخرها عليهم سبع ليال وثمانية أيام الحسومة فترى القوم فيها صرعة كأنهم عجاز نخل خاوية He maintained that wind that gusty wind for seven nights and eight consecutive days which means full eight days continuously hitting them until the people of Ad were absolutely gone فهل ترى لهم من باقية Do you see any of their remainder? No And here Allah Azza wa Jal says Remember all of those people who create societies in which the money becomes the objective of the people as an objective, it's not a tool. Because the, the reason I keep saying that money should be a tool, should not be objective. A tool means a means to achieve things, a means to eat, a means to feed, a means to build, a means to create uh, 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 things in this world and innovations, but should not be an objective in itself. Should not be, I collect one trillion dollars. What for? What is the trillion dollar? Trillion dollar is the amount of money which you requires 2,540 years to spend it if you spend one million dollar a day, which is impossible. So that means the money cannot be an objective by itself. The moment the money becomes objective, the moment the people start loving their wealth more than they love themselves and their people, the moment you start dishonoring the one who is left behind without power, the moment you start leaving behind so many poor people, that moment Allah will bring that declaration of this world, of this earth, has to suffer there has to be some destruction, some removal, some elimination. Allah will step in. Now it's your Rabb who is taking care of the situation. When the situation becomes beyond, beyond the ability of individuals to change. You know, when this tyranny of Fir'aun, the tyranny of Bashar, the tyranny of the world order today, the tyranny of Russia, the tyranny of France, the tyranny of Britain, the tyranny of America, the tyranny of the world, of, the, of Saudi Arabia, of, of Syria, of all of this tyranny sometimes becomes beyond your ability to imagine that it can be changed. When the poor, the majority of the, poor, of the people are poor, when they have no power, when the one who is just born as an orphan he cannot survive when all of that takes place and you think those powerful tyrant, who is going to change them? It becomes even beyond your imagination that you can do anything. Look, look at Syria. The way some, the more you think about it, God, how could this change? This man is absolutely uh, irresponsible. His army is aggressive. Uh, the world is ganging with him against those few people who have nothing but their own own or bare chest and, and bare uh, hands. They have nothing, they, they are not able to fight back. How could this change? وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ says, now your Rabb comes in. Your Rabb comes in with his order. Your Rabb comes, comes in with his victory. Your Rabb comes in with his support. Your Rabb comes in with his backup to the believers, to the mustadhafin, to the oppressed, to the ones who are weak. Allah Azza wa comes in with all of this, because I, as we mentioned last time, Allah Azza wa looks at this oppression 
that that generates among the people with absolutely with with absolute uh, uh, dislike. When Allah Azza wa Jal says, "Inni haramtu al-zulma ala nafsi," I prohibited myself from oppressing anyone. وَجَعَلْتُهُ بَيْنَكُمْ مُحَرَّمًا And I make it prohibited and wrong for you to do. فَلَا تَظَالَمُوا فَلَا تَظَالَمُوا Do not oppress one another. And Allah hates nothing more, nothing more than a tyrant who oppresses his own people. So Allah Azza wa Jal steps in. وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ This is, the ayah goes, وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ وَالْمَلَكَ صَفًّا صَفًّا وَالْمَلَكُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ The angels. So now Allah Azza wa Jal has his own soldiers. Now his soldiers are plenty. Allah says, وَمَا يَعْلَمُ جُنُودَ رَبِّكَ إِلَّا هُوَ Nobody knows what type of soldiers and tools Allah Azza wa Jal uses except him. He chooses whatever. Sometimes he chooses a tool slumber. Slumber. Being sleepy and to go to sleep. That becomes one of Junood, one of the soldiers of Allah. The angels, the wind, the sun, the moon. After all, all of this is his creation. So here, he chooses Al-Malaika. He talks about, about Al-Malaika. وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ Allah steps in. وَالْمَلَكُ وَالْمَلَكْ And the Malaika صَفًّا صَفًّا And this is the, the beauty of the sound of the Quran. There we say, الْأَرْضُ دَكَّا دَكَّا and here, Al-Malaku Safan Safa. Safan Safa means order by order, one after another, one after another. Meaning, Asaf, the line up. Sometimes we say Asafuf in the prayer when we pray, say Sawu Asafuf. Make your Saf lined up. Or pray Safan Safa, line after line, line after line after line. When you say line after line, it gives you this sense of infiniteness. Absolutely. Endless. There is all lines. The more you go, you will find more lines, more lines of malaika. Huge. That is just to, to let us know that this issue is serious. That this issue of bad, rotten values, values of tyranny, values of oppression, values of poverty, values of lust to the wealth are absolutely unacceptable. So Allah Azza wa Jal is coming with this parade. Allah with his orders. Rabbuka. And in fact, Al-Qurtubi, he says in his tafsir, he says, there is a, a word that Allah knows that we will insert, which means Allah comes with his orders. He does not put the orders, but he makes it this general, but we have to understand that Allah Azza wa Jal, what does he come with? He does not come personally, physically. So what comes here is the orders and the power of Allah وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ وَالْمَلَكُ صَفًّا صَفًّا And this word صف, Allah Azza wa Jal used it in the Qur'an in many different terms. And every time the word صف is used in the Qur'an, it talks about power. Because when your lines are lined up, when you are firmly standing in front of your enemy, that gives you power. That's why in Surah As-Saf, there is a whole surah in the Quran where it says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَ فِي سَبِيلِهِ صَفًّا Allah loves who, those who fight in his cause as Saf. Saf means as lined up. All as one body, lined up. مرصوص, just like a bunyan, a structure that is very tightly coupled and strengthening one another. So this word Saf, is, 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 a, is, a, is a, an indication of power. 
إن الله يحب الذين يقاتلون في سبيله صفا in surah النبأ he talks the same thing يوم يقوم الروح والملائكة صفا he uses the same term in the surah that we will talk about in surah عما يتساءلون when it comes its turn repeating the same thing on that day there is a day when يقوم الروح الروح جبريل جبريل stands up والملائكة صفا as if جبريل is the leader in front of the malaika he's standing up he's uh, uh, very visible and behind him الملائكة صفا the angels are lined up one صف one صف one row one order لا يتكلمون إلا من أذن له الرحمن وقال صوابا that's to indicate that they are lined up they are standing up in one order absolutely saying nothing complete silence complete quietness when you say quiet on the floor complete silence it is uh, it's a view of 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 greatness it's a view of power it's a view that draws from within you a huge respect and fear when you look at around you and you see thousands and thousands and thousands of lines standing up where entities angels or people absolutely saying nothing absolutely firm the only one who says something if his leader told tells him you speak one one sound at a time man that is a fearful view that is something that you fear something that you respect something that you adore something that you have this type of internal emotional attachment to it that this is a breathtaking view breathtaking view يَوْمَ يَقُومُ الرُّوحُ وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ صَفَّةٌ لَا يَتَكَلَّمُونَ None of them speaks إِلَّا مَنْ أَذِنَ لَهُ الرَّحْمَنِ until الرحمن tells him ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمُ الْحَقِّ Allah in the other says that is the day of the truth that's the day when the haq comes that's the time when nobody can declare anything that's false when nothing false can take place when all of these rotten values about money, about lust of money, about love of power and tyranny, all of this will be eliminated. Nothing can stand up in view or in front of this absolutely marvelous view, marvelous or fearful view, if you will, of the malaika. Here in this surah, Surah Al-Fajr, Allah says, it is your Rabb and Al-Malaika. وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ وَالْمَلَكُ صَفًّا صَفًّا Your Rabb, his orders, his uh, uh, strength, his power, they are in. Everything else is out. He says, when your Rabb is in, Al-Malaikatu Saffan Saffa. They are orders after orders after orders. Everything is in. Then what do you expect? Now, before I go on, what do you expect? This ayah, It applies for both the dunya and the akhirah. It applies for both. The orders of Allah Azza wa Jal, they come in, they step in to eliminate tyranny of this world. As we have seen in the previous ayat, Aad, Thamud, Fir'aun, done in this world. And applies for Yawm al-Haq, for the day of judgment, for the day of Al-Yawm al-Akhir. When Allah Azza wa Jal, when his orders, when his decrees, when his accountability takes over, you have done good, you have done wrong. This is what you have done. This is what you have not done. This is you were adoring the tyrant. You were you were one of the soldiers of Bashar. You were one of the Shabiha. You were killing the people. You were killing the children. So he knows. So this orders and accountability comes in on the day of judgment as well. It comes. So it applies then and applies today. Well, Malak and the Malak, 
Malaika, they come in orders, applies in this world and in the hereafter as well. Remember in Surah Al-Anfal, in the Battle of Badr, where Allah Azza wa Jal says, إِذْ تَسْتَغِيثُونَ رَبَّكُمْ When you were asking Allah loudly, تَسْتَغِيث means you are crying out for Allah. Al-Istighatha is more than dua. Al-Istighatha, when you say, Oh, and you, you are crying from within, you are shouting, you are loudly, you are uh, 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 eagering, looking for the support and the help, you really need the help and the support. Tastaghif, looking for igatha, looking for emergency support, for urgent support from Allah Azza wa Jal. Then he says, Tastaghifuna Rabbakum, Fastajaba lakum anni mumiddukum bi elfin minal malaikati murdifin. Then he replied to your call, to your istighatha, to your urgent call, that I am providing you with 1,000 angel, one after another, like Saf. So I am providing you this support in this dunya. So, وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ وَالْمَلَكُ صَفًّا صَفًّا Just like أَلْفًا مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ مُرْدِفِينَ 1,000 malaika, they come in order one after another, it applies for the dunya and applies for the akhirah. And this is here in the ayah, Allah Azza wa Jal does not make it explicit that it's akhirah or explicit that it's dunya. It leaves it to you to see and think of it in the both ways. One way that in this dunya, Allah Azza wa Jal and the malak. Allah means his orders with all types of difference in opinion whether the people will be allowed to, to view the poor people, they revolt. I want my rights. And right is a haq. I want my haq. I want my haq. I want my rights. People do all their demonstrations, all their protests, all their struggles. They want their haq. Especially the oppressed ones. The oppressed ones are not revolting to, to abuse the haq of others. They are revolting to take their haq. Where is al haq? Allah says, the day when Allah comes in with his power, the day when the malaika stand up line after line, that is the day when rights will be established. So at the end of the day, even if in this world, even today, I may die looking for my haqq and I don't get it. How many people in Syria were killed before their haqq is established? Losing more of their rights. Many. More than hundred thousands already. They did not see al-haq. They did not take al-haq. So did they lose? Is it gone? Is it over? Of course not. Because if you think that it's over, if I, if I fight for my haq and I don't take it and I die, so I lost my haq and I lost my life. I am double loser. It doesn't work like that. If it, works, if it was like that, no one will stand up for his haq. No one in his right mind will because he will lose twice. I don't have my right now. If I stand up to call for my right, someone will kill me, like Bashar in, in Syria, then I lose. I lose my haq, which I, I have lost it already, and then I lose my life, whatever remained of my life. Allah Azza wa says no. Al-Yawm al-Haq is different. ذلك al-Yawm al-Haq is the day when Allah Azza wa steps in and the Malak steps in صفاً صفاً ذلك اليوم الحق This is where the حق will be the final حق the absolute حق that's the irreversible حق the حق that no one can argue against 
That will be the day. ذلك اليوم الحق. In this surah, in this surah, Allah does not bring this issue. He brought that notion in other surah which I recited from surah Amma. Surah An-Naba Amma يتساءلون. ذلك اليوم الحق. فمن شاء اتخذ إلى ربه مآبا. Here Allah Azza wa Jal, He just brings some more notions of what that day of haq is. What that right that you are looking for when Allah Azza wa Jal steps in, when the malaika are lined up, وَجِيءَ يَوْمَ إِذَنْ بِجَهَنَّمِ That's a catch. And that day, Jahannam will be brought in. Now, of course, it leaves you with your imagination where was Jahannam stashed at? Where was it being stored? Where is it? Because it does not say create Jahannam. Does not say he makes up Jahannam, which could be, but he leaves this, puts it in this in this word, Jia Yawma Idin bi Jahannam. That day Jahannam will be brought in. It will be pulled in like Jia when you say you go to court, sometimes say Jia bil Mujrim. The criminal or the suspect or the the one who is the, the, the dependent is being brought. So you bring him in. So someone, police to police or two guards, bring the guy in. So now he stands in front of the judge. Here, as if Jahannam is an entity that can be pulled, brought in. Now, that is a metaphor. That is a virtual thing for us to, to, to uh, imagine or to talk about or to think about. But the, end, the, the main idea is that Jahannam will be visible. And that's the punishment. Now he doesn't talk about Jannah. The Jannah talks about it in, in, in a different ayah. Here he brings the most horrible scene, the one that deserves the, the fearfulness, the respect, the, the absolute, this emotion type breathtaking thing. Because what's happening on that day, Allah is in charge, the malak, malaika are lined up in, in a show of power, in a show of force, of course, Allah can do everything with his order, but that is a show of power and respect and absolute greatness, magnificence of Allah and then Jahannam will be brought on the side. Okay, this is Jahannam. So that's just imagine that Yawmul Haq, that day of Haq, then anything that had to do with tyranny, anything that had to do with oppression, anything that had to do with money, with wealth, with love of wealth, what can this do to you? What can this help in front of all of this magnificence? Ah. Then you start remembering. Where is my wealth? The insan begins remembering. Your memory comes back to you. It will flash in your, in, in your mind, in your memory, in front of you. Everything will be flashed in, just like a video. It's a memory. Yatadakkar means memory. Your memory comes up. وَأَنَّا لَهُ الذِّكْرَ means what type of memory. It's as exclamation. It's uh, like ta'ajjub. What type of memory is coming back to you at this, at this point? What type, what this memory is going to do to you at this, more, at this point, when Allah Azza wa Jal is the supreme judge, when the malaika are lined up order by order, when Jahannam is standing right there, 
and waiting for someone, anyone who, who has done wrong to be thrown there. What type of memory? And here Allah is talking about those values. The orphans that you dishonored, the orphans that you did not, leave, did not support, the orphans that you probably were part of making them orphans. Not only orphans, they are orphans, but you made about million children or more million children orphans in Iraq back between 91 and, and 2003 or until now. You are the ones, you are the ones that killed more than 120,000 men in Syria and all of their children have become orphans. Each one leaving behind about three or four, so you have about one million children orphans already. It's not that you did not do, you did not help the orphan, you made them orphans. You allowed those kids to be born out of, uh, without parents. You allowed them to grow without parents. And then you killed the ones, you stopped the ones who were going to help them. What type of memory comes back? Comes back, where is your wealth? You accumulated $100 billion. Al-Walid bin Talal in Saudi Arabia, $200 billion. Man, what does he do with $200 billion? Oh, donating for a pit hospital in New York, $5 million the other day. Then that memory comes back to him. Where is my money? Where is my wealth? Where is the country that I gave them money just to show off or to show that I'm a decent guy? You give them to their dogs, to feed their dogs or treat their dogs when millions of Muslims are suffering from all types of diseases and poverty. Where is your money? You start remembering, oh, I've done that, yes, true. Oh, I have seen so many poor people, millions. All my billions or trillions of dollars were stashed in Swiss banks, in Cyprus banks, in German banks, in American banks. I did not care about the Muslims, about the, the people who are dying out of hunger. I did not do that. You will start remembering. They will start remembering that. Abu Jahl will be remembering. Now, remember this surah is early for Muslims who were at the time of Mecca. To them, Abu Jahl was, was someone big. He has lots of money. Al-Walid bin al-Mughira, Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, I gave him lots of money uh, and lots of, uh, of children. And then he was looking for more and more. And the Muslims see that. This man is absolutely giant. They, ca they can't even talk to him. They cannot even oppose him. Ah. This man on that day of Haqq will stand up and his memory comes back. He's absolutely helpless, absolutely powerless. No power can stand up in front of Allah Azza wa Jal with the angels lined one after another with Jahannam on the other side is, is, uh, uh, as in the, in the other surah, وَإِذَا الْجَحِيمُ سُحِرَتْ Remember in Surah At-Takweer where it says, وَإِذَا الْجَحِيمُ سُحِرَتْ When the Jahim is being uh, 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 flamed up and up and, and fueled with all types of, uh, of power. So that's the time when the kafir, and here Allah Azza wa Jal says, الإنسان, له, it talks about the human in general, but in particular, in particular, لحياتي, in particular, the kafir, the munafiq, the fasiq, the oppressor, that's the one who will be in deep trouble. But the Muslim, yes, you will remember. Yes, as a Muslim, you will have a memory. But you will have a memory, I stood up for the tyrant. I stood, I spoke the word of the truth when no one was speaking it. I made da'wah for Islam when everybody was going against it. I called for the reunification of the Muslim Ummah when everybody was calling for nationalism and for breaking the ties of the Ummah. I called for a Muslim family 
for the family to be structured when everybody was calling for gays and lesbians and we're not speaking against it. I, all of these memories will come back too. So the one who was the tyrant will have a memory and the one who was like Bilal radiallahu anhu when he was saying ahadun ahad, that memory will come to him. Oh Allah azza wa jal, on that day, yes Bilal Umayya was putting on, on, the, on my chest a big rock. And the only thing I was able to utter is one word. And that word was saying, Ahadun Ahad, Ahadun Ahad. Allah is unique, Allah is unique, Allah is unique. That will come too. That will come to Abu Bakr radiallahu where he, when he came and purchased Bilal, and he put him free immediately. When Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَمَا لِأَحَدٍ عِنْدَهُ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ تُجْزَى إِلَّا ابْتِغَاءَ وَجْهِ رَبِّهِ الْأَعْلَى You say, oh Allah, you know, I have done this. I remember when I freed Bilal, when I paid for him, I had no, nothing in my mind, no reward, no intention whatsoever except your pleasure that you will be pleased with me. So that will also come. يَوْمَ إِذِنْ يَتَذَكَّرُ الْإِنسَانِ وَأَنَّ لَهُ الذِّكْرَةِ Every insan will make a memory. His memory will come back. The bad memory as well as the good memory. And the one with a bad memory, he will say, يَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِي قَدَّمْتُ لِحَيَاتِي He will be so, يَقُول, يَقُول says, I, he says, يَا لَيْتَنِي I wish I have made something for this day. I wish I have made better. I wish I have lived better. I wish I had better values. I wish I had never supported the tyrant. I wish I had never been part of the Shabbiha of Bashar. I wish I had never been part of the army of the Kuffar. I wish I had never oppressed a Muslim. I wish I had never eaten riba. I wish I had never made zina. I wish I had never uh, uh, promoted the bad values in the society. I wish I had never stopped the value of feeding the poor or the, the values of loving the wealth or making the wealth as my objective. I wish, I wish, I wish all of this. يَا لَيْتَنِي قَدَّمْتُ لِحَيَاتِي I wish I have done something better. In the other surah, in surah Al-A'amma, which is coming very, very soon, when he says, يَقُولُ الْكَافِرِ يَا لَيْتَنِي كُنْتُ تُرَابًا Not only I wish I have not done, he would say, I wish I have been a soil, I have been dirt. Turaba dirt. I wish I had been dirt. I wish I had never been a human. I wish I had never been created. I wish I had never my instincts. I wish I had never my emotions. I wish, I wish, I wish. Because what he sees in front of him, Jahannam boiling, and Allah Azza wa Jal, his orders, no one can speak against it. And all the malaika can say is pointing fingers to the one who has done wrong. And they have accumulated, and they have registered everything. Just like today, sometimes when somebody goes into irrigation, uh, I mean, uh, uh, interrogation of the mukhabarat uh, or the intelligence. They take him into a private locked room and they start giving the files for him and saying, oh, okay, you have done this. Oh, you have done this. And then he starts grasping his head. I wish I can forget all of this. I wish they never knew about it. I wish, I wish. That's at least the weak person. Because they will throw him in jail or they may kill him because of this information. And then, then at some point, he says, oh, there is a piece of information they did not know. Oh, alhamdulillah, good, glad. There is a piece of information, there is something I have done they don't know. And then you are so happy with them. Here on the day of judgment, that doesn't happen. Because the ones who record how Allah Azza wa Jal, He puts two angels on our shoulders. مَا يَلْفِضُ مِنْ إِلَّا لَدَيْهِ رَقِيبٌ عَتِيدٌ Any word, he says, any word you utter, مَا يَلْفِضُ مِنْ it's not even an act. You still have not done anything. You say a word. One word. There are two 
two angels, Raqib and Atid. They are registering that. They are registering it. Both. Everything is there. Everything is visible. And that's why the human on that day, especially the one who has done something wrong, you say, I wish I have prepared something for this day. Qaddamt means prepared. I wish I have prepared something for my life. His life is over. See, the people think of the life, this life, which we are living in. Allah talks about the life, that life. Because the, this life, which is the first life, they have done a lot for it. They have done a lot. They have lots of wealth. They have billions. Like the Saudi billionaires, billions. Some people have hundreds of billions. It's too much. They have a lot for this life. They have palaces. The guy, I keep referring to this the Saudi uh, uh, multi-billionaire, Al-Walid bin Talal, who runs the, the affairs and the money of all of the uh, dynasty of the Saudis. When they bring, you go to YouTube and look at his yacht. He has a yacht which is absolutely made of gold and diamonds. He uses it probably a few hours a year. Allah knows what type of people go in. More than $200 million worth of the siyakht alone by itself. One. And I don't know how many he has. Oh, he did. When he says, I wish I have done something for my life. Well, he did for this life, but he did not do for the other one. But that other one is the, the, is the real life. وَإِنَّ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ Allah says, لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ الدَّارُ الْآخِرَةِ The second life is the real one. Is the real life. الحيوان means the continuously living. So he says, I wish I prepare for that life. And today before it's too late. For it's too, we have to prepare for that light. We have to make good so that on that day of judgment, we do not lack lack behind. We don't lack behind. We do not lack the good deeds. We have to be proud of what we have done so that in front of Allah Azza wa and the Malaika and Jahannam we will not have to worry. We will not have to be part of those people who were wishing that they were dirt. We will have to be part of the people who say Alhamdulillah that I had lived Alhamdulillah that Allah you made me insan and I did what you ordered me to do so now I have can enjoy the, 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 the real life the real life قدمت لحياتي and that's why the next ayah talks Allah Azza wa Jal about النفس المطمئنة and on that day we'll make this brief فَيَوْمَئِذٍ لَا يُعَذِّبُ عَذَابَهُ أَحَدٌ وَلَا يُوثِقُ وَثَاقَهُ أَحَدٌ on that day those who have promoted the ill values, the bad values, the rotten values of the love for wealth and the, the promoting poverty or creating poverty or creating orphanship, not, if, not only dishonoring but creating them, those people will suffer the most. Allah says, on that day, no one has a means of punishing more than I do. فَيَوْمَئِذٍ لَا يُعَذِّبُ عَذَابَهُ أَحَدٍ The عذاب of Allah Azza wa Jal is unmatched. Of course. 
It's Jahannam. The adab, the torture that our Muslim brothers go on in Syria is absolutely terrible. That's why we tell them, stick to it. Have sabr on it because the adab of Allah Azza wa is worse. The adab of Allah is unmatched. The adab of the people is matched. Even if it's Fir'aun, even if it's Aad, even if it's Thamud, even if it's Abu Jahl, even if it's Umayyah bin Khalaf, all of this is matched. But the adab of Allah Azza wa cannot be matched. لا يعذب عذابه أحد ولا يوثق وثاقه أحد يوثق وثاقه tie up and we, have, we will talk about in the Quran later on when he says how Allah Azza wa Jal ties the criminals when he says في سلسلة ذرعها سبعون ذراعا فاسلكوه you will be tied up in a chain which is about 70 yards or sometimes you see the people who are being dragged in Guantanamo you saw them with those orange things, and they have those chains, about two meters chains, and you say, wow, that's terrible. When you look at it, you say, that's terrible. Now Allah Azza wa says, well, there is more something more terrible. For the ones who do that, it's 70 meter or 70 yard long chains. ثُمَّ فِي سَلْسِلَةٍ ذَرْعُهَا سَبْعُونَ ذِرَاعًا Just to show the, 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 the image of something absolutely bad. The way Allah and His angels will do this tying up of the criminals, nothing is matched. That is for the kuffar. Now, on the other side, what's, it, what, what's in it for me? Now, this view is the view of Jahannam, the view of the uh, locking the people in, the, people, the, 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 the torture of Allah, the punishment. What is it? What is in it for me as a Muslim? And here comes the ayah where people recite this quite often on funerals. But this ayah comes at the end of this surah, which is a very marvelous, very strong, very powerful surah, where it begins with the Sahaba waiting for the, for the night to leave, for the fajr to come out, for the tyranny to be removed, all of this. Then at the end of the day, what is it? What is in it for me? What is my reward? Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna An-nafsu al-mutma'inna An-nafs is the soul. Al-mutma'inna is the one with tranquility. The one that's absolutely satisfied. Satisfied with what? When you say mutma'in, mutma'in with what? What is it that you have tuma'inina for? Tuma'inina, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. I like it. I'm accepting. I'm in tranquility. I'm in peace. With what? Mutma'inna with the support of Allah. Mutma'inna with the belief in Allah Azza wa Jal as a Rabb. Mutma'inna with the, with the justice of Allah Azza wa Jal. I am mutma'in. My nafs, I will never lose that image of justice that it will come. No matter when, no matter how, no matter what. But I am absolutely confident. Absolutely confident. My nafs should be absolutely confident that my Rabb, his orders will prevail. My Rabb, his hukum will always be intact. My Rabb, his power will overpower every, the power of any other tyrant. I have to be absolutely mutma'in, absolutely confident that whatever Allah Azza wa Jal brings, that is the perfect, that's the power, that's the strength, that's what's good, that's what's valuable, that's what I should go for, that's at tuma'nina. So the nafs al it is not a vague, it's not a vague concept. Sometimes you look at the philosophy, they say the nafs has different uh, categories, 
النفس اللوامه النفس المطمئنه النفس النفس الكذابه all of these statements but they are abstract in reality what is it that i am مطمئن with الله says يا ايتها النفس المطمئنه ارجعي الى ربك النفس المطمئنه come back to your رب to your رب not to the رب of the world who is the same رب of the world of course My, but الله makes this one to one attachment just like اذا جاء ربك your رب comes it's your very رب the رب that you, you believe in he's coming with his orders ارجعي الى ربك النفس المطمئنه my نفس is absolutely confident with my رب so go back to your رب my نفس my نفس my soul is absolutely confident absolutely uh, 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 believing absolutely accepting absolutely satisfied with my Allah with my رب with my God with his orders with his laws with his justice with his power with his strength with all the things that he is standing for I am absolutely مطمئن for that then Allah says okay you نفس مطمئنة for your رب go back to that رب to your رب just as if you know when you are saying there is a person I am absolutely confident in you I am absolutely supporting I am absolutely loving you I am attaching attached to you all of this and then at the end of the day I come back to that person to that guy to that boss to that powerful element that and he knows my loyalty I am absolutely loyal that feeling of tranquility so the feeling of tranquility, the feeling of tuma'nina, it comes from this fact that my Rabb, I am loyal to my Rabb. My wala, al-wala, loyalty. Absolute loyalty. I'm absolutely loyal to Allah Azza wa Jal. I'm not loyal to my king. I'm not loyal to a president. I'm not loyal to a constitution. I'm not loyal to any anything that is created being. I am only loyal to Allah Azza wa Jal. My loyalty, absolutely to Allah. And I am absolutely satisfied with this loyalty. Then Allah says, on that day, that day of Haq, come back to your Rabb to whom you have been absolutely loyal. Radiyatan mardiyya. Radiyya, come back, radi, satisfied. Mardi will be satisfied. I am satisfied with my Rabb and Allah will satisfy me. I am accepting my Rabb, Allah Azza wa Jal will accept me. That's radi and mardi. Radi means radi from the word rida or riza. Rida, that means I am pleased with you. Mardi, you are pleasing me. So Allah Azza wa Jal is giving my nafs a pleasure and I am pleased with that pleasure. Radiyatan mardiya, in both ways. It's not that I am only, okay, I am radi. Whatever, of course, I am radi. Whatever Allah Azza wa Jal gives me, I am radi. I can't be not radi. Radi means I accepting. But Allah Azza wa Jal says, you are radi and I will definitely make you pleased. You are pleased with what I have done for you, I will definitely please you. What better reward could be? What better support or motive to endure? When you look at Bilal, sometimes you say, what is it that made Bilal accept all of this torture against Umayyah bin Khalaf? What is it that creeped into his heart? What is it that controlled his emotion? What is it that allowed him to endure all of that punishment and continue to raise one finger ahadun ahad? 
he was looking for this. He was looking for his nafs to be pleased absolutely by Allah Azza wa Jal. Radiyatan mardiyya. Yes, I can compared, compared to what Umayyah bin Khalaf was, was giving him the satisfaction that comes from Allah is way beyond that. Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatan mardiyya fadkhuli fi ibadi wadkhuli jannati then be part of my servants ibad servants or slaves wadkhuli jannati and get into my paradise very interesting and those are the last two ayat here we'll stop after them Allah Azza wa makes this entrance so this nafs mutma'inna which has been pleased with whatever Allah Azza wa Jal has done and it will be pleased by what Allah will do for it Radiyatan Mardiyya you have to enter two things first be part of my ibad then be part of my Jannah be part of the Jannah then enter the Jannah means means to qualify to qualify to be abd for Allah to qualify for abd that is a major thing and then when you qualify to be the abd of Allah then you enter the Jannah so the Jannah is the final but a pass the first entrance which is a great honor from Allah Azza wa Jalla he says okay now I admit you to be part of my ibad as if Allah Azza wa Jalla is telling us there is the people on the day of judgment they will be grouped into two categories. One category will be the ibad of Allah, the ones who worship Allah, who devote themselves to Allah, who are loyal to Allah Azza wa Jal. And the ones who devote to the shaitan, to the iblis, to the tyrants, and they fear the people, there is a different category. I have to qualify to be abd of Allah. And that is my ultimate objective. My ultimate objective, so that I can enter the Jannah, I have to be abd for Allah. Abd means a slave. The word abd really, slave. Slave in the sense of what? In the sense, if you give me an order, I will have no choice but to follow. That's abd. And internally, internally, I have this feeling that I should fulfill the order. Because if internally, I don't have the feeling to fulfill the order, I'm not a abd. I'm being forced to be a abd. I'm being pushed, just like the African-Americans who were here. They were not abd. They were enslaved, enslaved by their masters. But deep inside, internally, they were revolting. Well, of course, except for a few. And, and among the African-Americans, they know. They would say, oh, this guy, he comes from ancestors from a family where he they gave in to slavery but the majority did, did not and that's the difference the real abd and Allah Azza wa keeps repeating this about ibadullah ibad is the plural of abd ibad is plural so when, once I become abd for Allah Azza wa it means Internally, from within, from my psychology, from myself, which is myself, mutma'inna, I have, myself is absolutely giving in to Allah Azza wa I give in to Allah. Allah tells me, I am a woman, put scarf on your head, I will. Wear a julbab, I will. 
tells me stop doing griba, I will. Pray five times a day, I will. Fast Ramadan, I will. Pay zakah, I will. Feed the poor, I will. Encourage feeding the poor, I will. Fight the tyrant, I will. Stop against tyranny, I will. Say the word of the truth, I will. I am abd. I am abd. I don't argue. I argue with you. I argue with him. I argue with my wife. I argue with my friend. We see things differently. But when it comes to Allah Azza wa Jal, I don't argue. I don't argue. When it comes to Allah Azza wa Jal, I say, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا When they are ordered by Allah Azza wa Jal, they say, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا I listen and I obey. وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَا إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ A mu'min, male or female, when Allah Azza wa Jal says something, خلاص, that's it. Allah said, that's it. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that's it. Here today, and this is my conclusion, today our problem, the main problem we live in, among our Muslim community, the Muslim world, you tell them, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, oh, MashaAllah, SubhanAllah, but, but there is, what but for what? Butting whom? Allah Azza wa Jal is saying to the mu'min, to the, to, the, to the woman, to the Muslim woman, says, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّبِيُّ قُلْ لِنِسَائِكَ وَنِسَاءِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ يُدْنِينَ عَلَيْهِنَّ مِنْ جَلَابِيبِهِنْ Tell your wives and the wives of the believers to bring down jilbab, to wear a jilbab. And you tell the sister, this is what Allah Azza wa Jal says, oh, subhanAllah, yeah, I believe in that. But I still have to be convinced that I need to dress this. What do you mean you are arguing with, the, with Allah Azza wa Jal? You can't argue with orders of Allah Azza wa Jal. When you receive an order, you understand it. It's a hukum shar'i. You say, khalas, I will do it. You come to a people, they are selling pork and beer in their stores. You talk to them, brothers, this is haram. You are feeding your children, your wife, your people with haram. You say, oh, I'm giving some donations to a masjid with this. I said, that donation is not even accepted. That masjid should not even accept your haram thing. إن الله طيب لا يقبل إلا طيب. يوش. يسيا يا برادر. I know this is حرام. But you know if if I take this off from my store, I will I will lose money. But arguing, debating with Allah, debating with the orders of Allah عز وجل. Here Allah عز وجل says, I want you to be my عبد. I want you to enter the sphere of being a عبد to Allah عز وجل. I want to be a عبد to Allah. It's Pride, it's pleasure, it's tuma'nina, it's jannah. That's what I'm looking for. And then when you argue with all these people about civil state, I was talking about this last week in Bolingbroke. You need to build a civil state. State that was designed by Jan Jacques Rousseau. Okay, Jan Jacques Rousseau gives you a social contract. Submit your will to the will of the public. Become the abd of the public. That's what it exactly is. That's what he says. He says, you have to give your freedom for the freedom of the all. Give it up, which means become a slave for the public. For the general will, which he doesn't even know what it is. And people accept that. They accept it. And they go for it. And they fight for it. And they make revolutions for it. And Allah Azza wa Jal says, submit your will to me. To Allah Azza wa Jal. Be my abd. That's the final thing. We have to be the abid of Allah Azza wa Jal and would like to stop right here. Jazakumullah khair. That's the end of Surah Al-Fajr. And I said there was a gap between Surah Al-Fajr and the next Surah, but we will not do a gap here. We will do Surah Al-Duha. 
next time ان شاء الله next Saturday we will start surah al-duha there will be no gap here the gap was done at the time of prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam jazakum allah khair any questions any comments brothers we still have few minutes before maghrib i think uh, maghrib is at 8:15 10 10 Okay go ahead Yes of the dialogue that the Quran and the Sunnah brings that when the angels see the oppression and the tyranny taking over and they they complain to Allah if you order us we will do we'll take everything out then Allah his response is everything is on Qadr by Qadr which means by time when Allah makes the order he will order it what but that means that Allah Azza wa Jal in his uh, uh, in many places he says he gives time there is time he, he allows you a period of time to at least to recover from your tyranny if you don't then then he will take care of it yes Uh, okay, Jazakallah khair. That's a good question. Well, the, the individual, once I can visualize in my brain, in my mind, uh, the question is, what does the individual have to do in order to qualify or to really accept this status of being abd to Allah Azza wa Jal? What, what should, how can we achieve this status? I think this is the... And that's not easy. I mentioned how Bilal radiallahu Now Bilal, he came to the conclusion, came to the conclusion that his Rabb is indeed real. His Rabb is indeed real. Which means his God, the God that he believes in, is a real God. And he's a powerful one. And his belief, which means his mental process, accepted this fact that beyond this world, Allah Azza wa Jal is a real. Beyond this world, Allah Azza wa Jal is the Rabb. Beyond this world, Allah Azza wa Jal is the source of all power, is the source of all existence. So that process, that process, it has to be fairly established in my mind. Once it's established, and, when I, and I mean my mind because my heart usually responds to what my mind is. This is physical, Medical, biological, ideological, by all means. My mind accepts the fact that there is a God behind this world. Then my heart starts responding to that with emotions. 
instead of my heart start responding with emotions to something else. So the human, the, the person must come to the conclusion, to the final conclusion that Allah is the one and only one God, is the one and only one Rabb, is the one and, one and only one who can make things happen, is the one and only one who can make the change changes real. If I do that, then of course, I will easily then say, okay, I will be abid for this Allah. But that process has to be, which is what we call the iman, the aqidah, the, the love to Allah Azza wa Jal, the belief in Allah, the, uh, the, this mental firmness about Allah Azza wa Jal, that it has to exist. And we should talk about that process, how do you do that, then it takes more time to explain. Yes. What what's go ahead, go ahead. Well, of course, I mean, the, uh, the, the question is, there are all types of obstacles that prevent me from being abd. It's my hawa, my desires, my attachments, my loves, my wealth, my money, my wife, my children. All of these things, they allow you, they want you to be distracted, to give your devotions to them. This is your desire. That's al-hawa. And the Quran talks about al-hawa all the time. But the idea, the idea here is, once you realize that the source of your desire is Allah Azza wa Jal, the source, which means the fact that you hate or love things is Allah. Even the money, the love of wealth. You love your wealth. If it was not for Allah, you, wouldn't, you would not even love it. So that's the idea, the process which has to go through that even the, the ability to like or dislike, not the things that I like, the ability Allah says, Allah is the one who made it pleasurable. The woman, the wealth, the gold, etc. So it is when you know that it's Allah who is the one who has done all of that, then of course I should worship Allah, not these things. Because Allah can take it away from me at any point of time. Allah can take even the taste from your tongue so you can no longer taste the food. So that has to be, to be processed. Okay. Okay. Salam alaikum. Zakallah khair. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.